I think you are very good looking, Greg. So if my vote matters I'm very for anything, uncomfortable right yeah. now, but thank you. Oh, uh, a lot of man too much man today. crushing going yeah. on in this episode. Wake up, Indy. Naptown's a thing of the past. Join us as we talk success, personal growth, leadership, and more. No matter your location or your job title, we want to see you grow. Podcasting from Indianapolis, Indiana, this is As Indy Grows with your hosts, Taylor and Remington. This is As Indy Grows. I am Taylor with my co-host, Remy. What's up? We are back at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Funny story about that. We were actually, uh, we didn't know where we were going to be filming today until this morning. That's right. We were told the Pacers may actually be practicing right now, and we were going to be banished to a broom closet. Which, why is that? Like, why do they have a say on where... On where everyone goes in their own building. I guess that makes sense. It's, they're they worth hundreds it? of millions of dollars, guys. Come oh, on okay. now. We're not. We're, this podcast isn't worth hundreds of millions of dollars yet. Sure. We're not doing yet. something wrong. So two quick things that tie into the Pacers, actually. One, Remy really wants Boom Goes the Dynamite included in our intro. Yes, and I know every single one of our listeners knows what that is. But for the one or two that don't, just do yourself a favor. YouTube or Google. Do you know Boom you're, Goes you're the You're just becoming tragically unhip. Do you know that? <laughs> I mean, really. Yes, I know. Okay, good. Good. So, it, but you also, if you if you really pay attention to the ins and outs of that video, you know that there's a huge Pacers theme to that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm lobbying hard that we get Boom Goes the Dynamite for our intro. Uh, I don't know what the legal ramifications are there, but uh, that needs to happen. And to make a long story short, I actually was in class with Brian Collins yes. in 2005 Ball at Ball State. State. This is where it happened, yeah. And he brought it up in class. So before it went viral, I actually knew about the snafu. That's that's crazy talk. It is crazy. Because I remember where I was when I saw it. I mean, that was actually before YouTube was big. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was uploaded to E-Bombs, E-Bombs World. world. Yeah. Also Google that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you got to Google that. Yeah, you'll have uh, to Google that one. So, but I'm in class. I, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely in college at the time because we're the same age, right? How a little bit older. Okay, thirty-one. So when I but when I first saw it, I was in school, and I remember thinking, "Wow, what an epic fail!" You knew the guy. You were in class with him. Yeah, I that's mean, crazy. It, it is crazy. It's one of the most famous videos. It still is one of the most viral videos, that's, yes. That's awesome. The second so. thing it ties into is obviously the Pacers' new uniforms, which I think look great. We have a new team. What do you think about the Pacers? I'm pretty pumped, man. I love Victor Oladipo. I think we're, we're younger, we're quick, um, we're exciting, and we don't have any star drama. I, uh, I walked into a restaurant off Massachusetts Avenue about two weeks ago, and he was eating by himself. Victor? Yes. Oh, and I stood around the me? corner. I had one more cocktail, and then I got the liquid courage in me and went around the corner and introduced myself. He was yeah. very polite. He let me take a picture, and he looked like I was pulling a tooth from the back of his mouth <laughs> while we were doing it. While he was really nice, it was like, uh, oh, my God. No, the no, voice no, you hear, by the way, is Greg Cooper, and we're going to get into his intro here in a bit. But did you know Victor Oladipo can sing? I have heard that. Have rumor. you? Have, S- singer or rapper? He, he's no, he's a singer, like an R&B oh, I, artist. I don't know if or, he raps at all. Uh, got great, great melodic content. But his, okay. he's got some pipes. So yeah, uh, Google, YouTube, Ebombs World. That. Um, hey Taylor, I got a story that I got to share before we uh, interview Greg here. So um, in, in keeping the theme of basketball going, you and I play a lot of pickup basketball. And I take it very seriously. You take it very seriously. Well, I don't at all. You That's take just it very you. seriously. Okay, maybe. Um, and so I was invited to play in this league at the YMCA by my realtor, of all things, uh, Mr. Clay Burris. And he didn't really give me, you know, whenever someone invites me to play in a league, I just assume it's like any other league, you know. So I showed up. I'm ready to play some full court Uh-oh. basketball. 
I'm ready to sweat. You know, I love full court basketball. That's that. I love the run. We get there and the time starts and there's so many people on this court. I'm like, man, how can we all play? And they divide us up into four on four half court basketball, which is a huge no, no. And I'm thinking to myself, I hate for, I, I'm not going to get a run in. Like, what is this? I ended up having a blast. I sweat more. I got tons of shots in. So flash forward a couple weeks later, we actually need another sub. And I call Taylor, who I know feels the same way about me that I do mm-hmm. about uh, running and basketball. And I don't, t- I don't tell him it's four-on-four basketball. I tell him, hey, listen, man, it's just I, we need you to sub for this team. He shows up in the same exact thing. I see, the, I see it the happening. Reaction. I see your reaction. I go, hey, man, we're about to start. And he's like, why are there so many people on the court? I look at him, and he legit looks at me and says, don't leave. <laughs> we, we need you. Oh. So I had this negative mindset because I had heard about this league yes. previously and been asked to play in it, but I never wanted to go commit to it because it's half court. Yeah. We start playing, had a blast, yep. wanted to be invited back, got invited back, and oh, we actually man. need to start a league team. There. So if we, yeah, we need to start that team. But if you're, if you're not a, if you're not a recreational basketball person, you might not understand how, how funny it was to see his eyes drop when he found out it was four on four. So basically you two have a man crush on four on four leagues. Now. Oh, basically, now I do. Both of now, you. I'm, a, I'm a big fan Accurate now. statement. Yeah. You get more shots in, you get a sweat. Uh, but what made me think of that story in the first place is our theme today. Our the theme of the show is there's no ROI in negativity, and that is something uh, that was brought up at our last mastermind by uh, by Mr. Greg Cooper, who's sitting in our studio do- t- today. Thank you for being here, Mr. Sure. Greg yes, Cooper. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Um, I'm going to let you kind of give your your bio, but this is what I know about you. I know that you are a radio and TV personality, and you are also the managing uh, broker for Berkshire Hathaway uh, in Carmel. And uh, I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw that one of your bios says that you are the least prettiest person on HDTV. That's correct. Okay. I have a plaque. Taylor and I are just wondering how someone earns that title. Well, uh, I was on a show a couple of years ago called More Bang for Your Buck, and it ran 9,000 times and still is probably on cable in Guatemala or someplace at this point. But when they they set you up to do those shows, they set up a real estate broker, and then they set you up with uh, some kind of a designer or one of their personalities who's going to work with you on the show. And the first person they set me up with was this stunningly beautiful young woman, and my wife said, you cannot be on the show, you're not pretty enough. (laughs) So uh, I I shared that with her, and then ultimately she couldn't do it, she canceled, and I had a very attractive uh, gentleman who was on with me. But those folks are all beautiful. I am not beautiful. So I had to rely on my smartassery, where they got to rely on their intelligence (laughs) and good looks. That's well, where it comes from. I think you are very good looking, Greg. So if my vote matters very for anything. very uncomfortable right yeah. now. Man crush you. on 4 on 4 and a man oh, crush on you. A lot of man crushes too much man today. crushing going yeah. on in this Romance. episode. So give us, uh, give us your quick uh, bio, your, sure. your, um, your, your rise to fame in real estate. Uh, how did that all happen? Well, I was a broadcaster in a former life. I still have that opportunity. I'm very grateful for that opportunity to kind of be out there and, and commenting on things that happen within the real estate industry in various media outlets. Those have uh, diverged greatly in the last few years, so it's a much bigger spectrum now than it used to be. Uh, during my time in the broadcasting business, I was uh, loosely what's called as an on-air talent, although my paycheck did not necessarily re- reflect that. <laughs> my responsibilities did, which is why I'm here today in the real estate business. I started buying rental properties when I was still in the radio business. And that's my exposure to the buying and selling process. And it became a very natural evolution for me to get my broker's license and then to begin affiliate and, and to begin working with friends and coworkers and very other people. Cool. So that's kind of how it got started. Yeah. So we, we got a couple questions for you. Sure. Um, I'll ask the first one, Taylor, if that's all right with you. Um, you mentioned 
attitude. You you talked a lot about attitude at the mastermind and how it affects your business. Um, when you came, I don't know if you came up with the phrase no ROI, no ROI and negativity. No, but I love it. Okay, so what does that mean to you? Look, we live in a confusing white noise world where there's a lot of awful things that get said and done and occur, and we're subjected to them. It is very easy to let our attitudes go down on uh, anything that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And it is as much a battle, I think, about success to maintain the right attitude as it is to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish to become successful and stay that way. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Taylor? What's our next question? Well, let's really let's elaborate on that. I'm over that okay. question. So the, the, well, the flip side really? of that, that is, I, I have completely belly flopped on the first answer. No, I might be not. asked to leave. The flip side of that is positivity and how that can help. Obviously, generate people love being around people that are positive. Right. No one likes to be around someone who is negative all the time, and that's why you see a lot of people get. They may leave Facebook because all they see is negativity. They don't know that they can just mute that person and not see what they're they're posting, but. I think the flip side is going to be. There's a lot of negativity. Well, in all right, let me let me take let me run with that a second if it's all right. Yeah, go ahead. Look, many of us have great ideas about how to be more, more successful. Executing ideas is really about what makes us successful. If we are bogged down in the negativity that happens to us and around us, we don't have the energy and we don't have the motivation to deal with the things that are such great opportunities. I have ten opportunities in front of me that are ideas that I've come up with, but if I don't execute on them, they don't mean squat. Right. And and executing means not getting bogged down and oh my gosh, I got a horrible appraisal and oh my gosh, we got mold in this house I've just sold or my buyers freaked out. You have to be able to deal with the things that are negative and put them behind you as quickly as you can because there's a whole great opportunity that's beyond that negative moment. Totally. I missed out on that because I was getting some direction from our producers oh, that PB&J. I needed to scoot over, so I hit a quick dab. What I caught in <laughs> on was that you, if you are planning as opposed to having the best plan, it doesn't matter if you can't execute on that plan. Right. Correct. So... I think what the difference is are people that are positive are always able to try and do more than what that negative person is because maybe they are limiting what they do because they're thinking about maybe hypothetical situations, something they may not be able to control. And we've all been through this and say something's coming up in a week and they're freaking out because that actual event does not incur until a week is coming up. But they are it's affecting their actions. They're not the same person you would normally interact with. And then it gets to that day and everything goes fine. And they wasted a whole week being negative Mm -hmm. and putting all their focus and energy on something that they can't control. Whereas if they were positive and, you know, not worrying about things they can't control, it would allow them to do a lot more. So sorry I missed that answer, but I definitely think it hits on a huge point, which is you have to be able to implement strategy. Or at that point, it's just an idea. Execution is everything. Absolutely. Wallowing in negativity never gets anybody anywhere. And I would have to think if there's an industry that really struggles with negativity, it would be real estate because of this next stat. So here's here's a stat that I um, that I heard, uh, and I'm not sure how accurate it is, but it's got to be pretty accurate. So two out of three realtors that train and launch out at to become a realtor this year will not be here next year, which has got to be one of the highest turnover rates in an industry. Maybe not, um, but I. 
I gotta think that the attitude of the people who are quitting or is a big is a big factor in that. So can you can you speak to that negativity? Yeah, you know, it, it really is. A, it's a huge issue with our industry in terms of how we train people, how we mentor people, how we consistently uplift them along the way. They have to understand that they're going to have challenges. There's going to be bad days, and for every one of those bad days, they're going to get a nice check down the road if they execute correctly for their clients and they represent their their best interests at heart. You know, one of the things that that's always been helpful for me, and it doesn't always apply when you have something an event that's a week out or whatever it might be. But one of the things that's always helped is when something bad confronts me, when there's a big challenge, I try and put it behind me as fast as I possibly can. If I get a bad inspection response at two o'clock on a Tuesday, I want that in the hands of my client immediately. And I want to be talking about it. So I don't have to go home and think about that and wake up at three in the morning and pace the floor because, oh my God, this thing's going to be looming over me the next day. I think dealing with challenges quickly, as quickly as you can, is a a big step in touring trying to be positive and maintain your attitude. I love that because you have different philosophies. Some people just avoid conflict at all costs. Right. And my, my question would be to you guys is, I'm of the opinion if you can take conflict head on, it is such a positive strategy because you're dealing with the issue, you're getting on the same page moving forward, but what do you think as far as conflict goes? So I, I actually just wrote this piece in, uh, in our last issue of Indie Real Producers. I wrote about uh, one of the toughest days that I had in this profession, because um, I'm in real estate to some degree. I don't sell houses, uh, but I work as a, as a vendor. Um, I had a day where I just felt like a punching bag and I felt like I was putting out fires on email and uh, just everyone wanted uh, to get a hit in. And so I would tell you that when I really sat down and thought about it and realized that the opportunity that I have when someone is upset to turn them into a fan, when I realized that it changed my perspective on things because people you know, have their perspective and then they, they come at you really hard and, and the tendency is to react. Defensive. To, to get, you get, get defensive, defensive yeah. get upset and, and start and putting it back on them. But if you handle those situations correctly, I have some of my best friends, best colleagues in this business from being able to diffuse a situation that no one else could diffuse just because I calmed down and I, and I spoke to them in a professional manner. And now they're great advocates for me and my business and we're great friends. And I think that is a huge opportunity that is missed uh, in most of these settings. Yeah, no doubt about it. You 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 can't avoid it. It's going to be there. Right. Why let your life be bogged down one more minute? And oh, by the way, there is a little subtext here. And that is, if I've got a tough challenge and I can make progress on resolving it, it makes me feel a little better. It, right. it, all, it just kind of subconsciously lifts my attitude a little bit. Right. So the other stuff that's coming, I'm a little more aggressive and eager to take on. We actually kind of, as humans, we, we enjoy that type of drama. Like if you think about your favorite book, fictional, you know, your favorite shows, if there was no issues that came up that had been dealt with on the show, it'd be a pretty boring show. Yeah, who wants that? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, the dramas in our life, obviously we want to keep them to a minimum, but they're going to happen, like you said. Um I've got another question, unless you do. Well, we were talking about uh, recruiting. Yes. So what would you say recruiters are looking for in today's landscape? And you can tie it into the real estate industry or just in general. What are you seeing? I think attitude is enormous. I mean, you have to have a reasonable level of intelligence. I don't care what your occupation or your goal is. But if you have passion and you are genuine and you care, that is 75% of the battle in whatever it is we're doing. And frankly, I... 
dare I say it, I know some realtors who are not the sharpest tacks in the wall, but they do care and they will do anything to try and satisfy the needs of their clients and customers. And they're very honest and ethical. Those people go a long way. And I don't care what it is. If you're a landscaper or you're a real estate broker, being positive, being genuine, really caring about the people that you have the privilege to represent is the starting point for me for any recruiting all right, so let me let me poke a hole in that argument. So you have uh, someone who's sitting in front of you, whether they're a millennial or a baby boomer, and you're you're recruiting them, right? And so they have a they have a resume, mm -hmm. whatever. How can in a twenty, thirty, or an hour long interview, someone win over the recruiter with just an attitude? Like, is there is there is that literally the first thing that you think recruiters are looking for? And, and I think it is, and it really depends on the quality of the recruiter as well. Look, you can't know somebody completely in a very short time. I, right. I always encourage in our business and in, in, in people who are interviewing uh, with several different real estate companies, I, I plead with them: don't sign the first day you meet with a company. You don't know enough. Right. Take your. It's a big decision. Take your time. If someone's shoving a contract or an LOI at you at the end of the first 27-minute meeting, there's something wrong with that because then they're a factory and then they don't care about you and then you're going to be the two out of the three that doesn't make it at the end of the day. Right. So get to know your landscape. It's so incredibly important. No, you can't know everything, but I think that, and I sit and talk with people and I know in 10 minutes. I can tell in 10 minutes that somebody's got the right attitude and the right intelligence and, and the right DNA for where they are at this moment in their life to have a chance to succeed. We can't predict all of their behavior from that point forward, but the basic elements are going to be there pretty quickly for people who are experienced at viewing it. Right. I think it's important you're touching on your gut instinct. Is that something you think you get just with experience? Or how would you tell a 23-year-old a mm -hmm. who's looking for their first job out of college right. and they haven't really found anything that pertains to their degree? How no do you, experience. No experience. Yep. How do they develop their gut to know if it is the right situation for them? Well, number one, it has to be something they like. I don't care what they get paid. I know mm -hmm. we all have bills to pay. We got loans. I get all of that. Right. But if you find something that you deeply believe you love, then I think you need to do anything you possibly can do to have an experience in that business. When I started in the radio business, and I've told other people to do this, and several of younger people that I've had a chance to, to influence have done it, I small t started in a small town radio station. I worked for nothing. And I would come in and I would change the tapes overnight or I would clean this. I did anything I could do because I knew if I proved that I was worthy, I was going to get more responsibility. And I think that if it is something that you love to do, get in the industry and do that in whatever way you can. Yeah. I, um, I'm interested to hear uh, specifically if you think there's any difference between a millennial and a baby boomer in terms of what you just said, because it's interesting to me. I always had the impression, or I, I always thought that if I'm going to do something and we live in a, in a world where we encourage entrepreneurs that I want to figure out what I love and then get paid to do it. Right. But I feel like I, as a millennial, it's a lot easier to do it than it, for a baby boomer, someone who's, uh, you know, maybe already established, maybe they're an empty nester, they've got kids. Does it matter? Well, sure it does because of the responsibility, but let's face it, we all have a game clock and it never stops. Now, that does not change the fact that there aren't people at 47 years old that walk away from what they're doing because they've just decided they hate it and go do something else. I think the clock, uh, the pendulum has swung a little bit in this respect. Uh, I think that at one point some years ago, everything was about youth. 
And while youth is to be respected, youth also has to earn that respect on a day-to-day basis. And while we sometimes poo-poo people that are 47 years old, there's a lot of value in the experience of those people as well. So I think you're looking for the type of individual that goes along with the qualities that will help both of those people in their respective demographics be successful. Sure. Hashtag poo-poo. You guys got it. Hashtag for the episode he is lost poo-poo. Me at, he lost Gosh, me after darn, you, know, you, you always come up with the worst hashtags. In my opinion, saying, I think it's the, the best The thing hashtag. is, Remy's probably right on this. So <laughs> I'm officially talking over the heads of the interviewers, ladies and gentlemen, and that frightens me in levels that I can't describe. All right, I just got the five-minute mark, so we have time for one more question. I want to ask the horror story question. Go for it. All right, so uh, I, I've heard... Uh, from many realtors that there's plenty of horror stories that go around. What's your favorite horror story that you can share with us? Well, the one I come to when everybody asks me that is a horror story about a significant commission uh, that was lost. Uh, my, my partner and I had an opportunity to sell a really big house. It was in a corporate battle. It was a, attorneys from both sides. It's a long story, but it was a really, really expensive, massive estate that we had a chance to sell. And in the height of the economic depression in 2008, we actually had a contract on this property, uh, it's a rarity, but we had a contract on this property for $16 million. And there was a $1 million non-refundable deposit for any reason that was made on this property. And 31 days go by, and on the day it was supposed to close, the buyer defaulted for a bunch of excuses that we've all heard on a lot of other types of things, but the buyer defaulted. And the $1 million got kept by the seller Despite the fact it was in our contract that we were supposed to be paid some percentage of that toward our commissions, we were not. We were told we could take a flying leap if we wanted to try and fight for our commissions. And ultimately, this $16 million contract that failed turned into years later through 2008 and 9 and 10, a $3 million sales price. So uh, what I always share with people, if you're broken up about losing a few grand, I get it. It's money. It's important. But the net result of that particular lost transaction from $16 million to $3 million was $237,000 in lost commissions. That did not go away overnight or with one glass of Chardonnay. No, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) I have a, a few key takeaways from the episode one, it's just your ability to handle a few things. One is your ability to handle conflict, your ability to, to actually implement your strategy that's enormous. Being passionate, genuine, having authenticity is going to give you a lot of opportunities in life. The last thing I had written down here is find what you love to do and figure out a way you can get in that industry. I think that's really important in a lot of our listeners. You know, they're in a job that they really don't enjoy and they're you know, they're kicking themselves, but yet they're not willing to take that step to really find that passion or to move in that direction. So you missed one. What was that? Hashtag poo poo. Missed it. Please put that up on the screen for all the viewers when we release this episode. So the last thing, I just want to turn this over to, to Greg. I want you to shout out your social handles. Sure. Thank what you. events you have coming up. And then the last thing would be just ask our I'm going to say 75 to 150 viewers, listeners, oh, at this nice. point in time. We made a jump because Greg's on the show. Oh, that's what I like to hear, yeah. Greg. What's your they question to, of the day for them? What's your question for them that they can answer for you? Okay. Uh, first of all, if you want to find me and ask me a question directly, you're welcome to do that. I'm Twitter, uh, at Greg Cooper. I'm Facebook's, uh, Facebook slash G Cooper. Uh, I'm also on Instagram as Greg Cooper 2017. Uh, those are my three platforms. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I don't think I've had a dedicated URL there, but you're pretty easy to find me, I'm sure, at, at that particular point. You know, I, I'd like to know from our listeners, both in terms of what their goals for themselves are, and maybe, and if I, I can bring it back to the real estate industry, you know, what is it that they want in the places that they're going to live in 
the near future, what things that they want to see, what would make something special and attract them to a place that they want to reside. And I don't care if that's rental or buy. I just want to know what people are looking for because that's the opinion that will shape what happens in the future in our business. Very cool. Great question. Yeah. Thank you so much, Greg, for being on the show. want to thank our viewers and listeners. want to thank our producers. We have Jordan and Brittany. We also have a new producer, Ryan, who has producer joined the Ryan. producing team. Excited to have him. Our sponsor, GVC Mortgage. Thank you very much. And we will talk to you guys later. Peace. As Indy Grows is sponsored by GVC Mortgage, Inc. NMLS number 2334, Equal Housing Opportunity.